But do we really want to get to know ourselves again for the first time after 20 odd years of losing ourselves completely? Or could we start now? Can we learn what fun means to us now so that we can actually share that with our little ones during these younger years and make memories with them that we genuinely enjoy? Hey, I'm Ashton Cope. I'm a mom to two very spirited girls and wife to a UK to US transplant. And those beautiful people are exactly who motivated me to start embracing the seasons. I wanted to make our lifestyle and home more peaceful, functional, and cozy. Allowing the ever-changing seasons to guide our meals, activities, and productivity levels simplified our day-to-day and added so much more joy to my routines. Not to mention, it just made sense. Discovering the benefits of seasonal living firsthand was my catalyst for wanting to share my mission with others, helping families embrace the seasons to add more simplicity, peace, and cozy to the life they already have. Welcome to the Eat Your Seasons podcast. Hello, hello, friend. It is so good to be back in your ears this week. Today, we are beginning my first ever series of episodes to offer different takes on the topic of being a fun mom. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see me. In today's episode, I want to talk about what to do if you don't even know what you enjoy doing anymore since you've had your kids. Like, how can you be a truly fun mom aka one who is good at actually having fun with your kids, not just the one creating and facilitating the fun. And I'm going to give you my secret anecdote to finding your fun again when you don't quite know who you are anymore since becoming a mom. So first, let's dive into what to do when you don't even know what you enjoy doing anymore now that you're a mom. Most of us tend to lose ourselves and put ourselves on the back burner when we have our babies because we are so busy keeping our little humans alive and happy that the concept of our own well-being can tend to get lost on us. I remember when I had our second daughter, Ruby, I already had my oldest, Winnie, who was two, and those newborn and infant days with Ruby are such a blur, and I remember just being purely in survival mode with my girls for two reasons. First, Ruby's entire delivery and homecoming felt so rushed. I went into labor on a Friday night and I didn't have her until Saturday evening. And typically you stay two nights after you've delivered your baby. But in our case, I delivered Saturday evening and by Sunday, most of our family and even my husband had to head back to work Monday morning. And that's on the horrible parental leave that is offered in the United States. But that's another story for another day. So I had to beg the discharge nurse to let me go Sunday afternoon so that my husband could drive me and my new baby home, our new baby. So I had delivered my baby all of 25 hours prior, and we literally pulled into our own driveway in our car the very next night and made our way inside. Let me reiterate that. We pulled into our driveway and brought our baby inside 25 hours postpartum. Now, if you have midwives and you deliver at home, this is nothing to you. But for me, that was a really big deal. And it was really rushed because Winnie had had jaundice really bad when I delivered her. So we actually stayed an extra two nights. So we stayed a total of, I think, four nights in the hospital. Um, I was discharged after night two, but she had to stay and I was allowed to stay in the room with her for two more days to get her jaundice under control. So It just felt really rushed to me from what I had been used to, obviously. 
So shortly after getting home with Ruby, the same night, my parents brought Winnie home to us after they had kept her for two nights because I, like I said, I went into labor on Friday. So they brought my two-year-old home Sunday evening, just after we had come home from the hospital. And Monday morning, everyone had to go to work. So less than 36 hours after I gave birth, I was home alone with my newborn and my two-year-old forever from then on. And I'm sure that that experience is more common than we even realize, but I really went from feeling like I was thriving in motherhood with my two-year-old and being pregnant. And then once my sweet Ruby arrived, I was so deep in survival mode that my own needs, wants, and desires didn't even occur to me. Like, if I was able to go to bed with a full stomach and get some sort of quality sleep every night, no matter how much or how little, I felt like I was still human. But I so vividly remember feeling like a shell of myself. Like, when would I be brave enough to take both girls out of the house by myself? And when I finally was, I remember just going through the motions and praying that I wouldn't need to feed the baby in public or change either of their diapers in the store, or have to deal with any meltdowns. I just felt safer at home. But I also couldn't stand being or feeling stuck there and feeling so isolated. So I would push myself to go out even when I didn't necessarily feel ready. And by three or so months postpartum, I still didn't feel ready. But I was pushing myself. The second reason, though, for feeling like I was in survival mode and like I didn't even need to know or care about how I was or what I wanted or what I enjoyed is that when you're caring for babies, their needs are a full-time job. I mean, all the way up to three and four years old. They need us so much and it's such a privilege. And we're trying so hard to soak up every moment, cling to every memory, savor every need that they have for us because the days are fleeting. So we put ourselves last. We focus on them and their needs and their little hands and voices and the way they look up at us so that when they're grown up, we can honestly say that we made the most of our time with them. But do we really want to get to know ourselves again for the first time after 20 odd years of losing ourselves completely? Or could we start now? Can we learn what fun means to us now so that we can actually share that with our little ones during these younger years and make memories with them that we genuinely enjoy? I mean, let's be honest, what we find fun in 20 years when they're grown up is not going to be the same things that we find fun now. So why not make every season in this parenting journey the most fun that it can be? And on that note, it's a perfect segue to the first half of my secret to having fun while your kids are little relearning what fun means to you now. So think about how fun changes as we grow up. As babies, fun is peekaboo and tearing apart anything that that we can get our hands on. As toddlers, running away from everyone thinking that you're being chased is very popular. And when we grow into school age, we start enjoying games like hide and seek and tag and duck duck goose. And then we become tweens and teenagers and we maybe prefer cards, board games, sports, or taking little adventurous outings. And then we become adults. And while we may still like adventure, we may also develop hobbies and more refined games and means of fun. 
But when we become moms, life almost splits into two timelines. We have before baby and after baby. And that version of us is still in us. But as cliche as it may sound, I can attest to the sentiment that when your baby is born, a new version of yourself is born. So you're not going to think exactly the same way, behave exactly the same way, or enjoy yourself exactly the same way as you did pre-kids. And that is not a bad thing at all, because this new role as a mother has made you a deeper, richer version of yourself. It's only added to your already immense value. So to circle back on that notion, relearn what fun means to you. We've already discussed that fun changes as we age, and then throw in major life changes like moving, marriage, maybe loss, kids, or even illness maybe. And fun is going to look different than it may have once looked. So how do you figure out what fun means to you now? Well, it's going to take some self-reflection and getting quiet with yourself. You could take this super deep if you wanted and spend quite a few minutes deep diving on it. But since we're moms, I'm going to assume that you don't have a whole lot of time or patience for getting quiet with yourself and reflecting. So I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version so that you can get your answers right now and take action ASAP. So the first question that I want you to answer for yourself is this. When is the last time you can honestly say that you really enjoyed yourself, regardless of why it was enjoyable? When were you really, really happy and content? When you have your answer, then I want you to think over this question. What were you doing and why was it awesome? Was it that your kids were well behaved or maybe even not there at all? Was it that you finally could relax? Was it that you were laughing so hard you almost peed your pants? What were you doing and why was it so awesome? This will give you some direction on what type of fun you enjoy in this season of life. You can analyze that a little further by brainstorming some ways that you could replicate that feeling. So I know personally that I most enjoy myself when I'm spending time with my family outdoors. That could look like a beach, a park, a nature walk, or even just relaxing in our own backyard. I also know that I especially enjoy myself when there are good drinks and tasty snacks involved, so I make sure to include those as well. And I know that I love to laugh, so if we can keep things light and silly and playful, whether we're teasing each other or telling funny stories or trying to keep up with the kids on a set of monkey bars, which is one of the more recent times that I had so much fun with my husband Joe and our girls, then I know it's going to be a great time. Those are the types of situations where I know that I can sit back and relax. And in order to know deep in my heart that I'm putting us all in a situation where I can relax, I also need to be mindful of my triggers. So if it takes a lot for me to prepare for the outing, like cleaning a lot beforehand or needing to pack specific foods or cook for it directly before leaving, and you know that feeling where like you're in the car on the way to the fun and you just have that like pit in your stomach feeling like you might have forgotten something or you must have forgotten something, yeah. I already know that I will really struggle to relax if any of those things are present in the preparations for any of the fun. I also know that if we're heading somewhere crowded where I need to keep a close eye, if not my actual hands on the girls at all times, I will not be relaxing and neither will my husband Joe. And if he's not relaxed, then I can't relax and vice versa. 
So busy playgrounds, zoos, museums, and metropolitan areas are not really our forte. We may take the girls to them for their benefit, but we go into it knowing that we will need to schedule a separate activity to get our family fun togetherness that we crave. And more importantly, we need for survival as a family. So just to make this as practical as possible, I want to reiterate that point. You do not have to enjoy every single outing with your family. That doesn't make you a bad mom. It makes you human. And similarly, your kids may not enjoy all of the same things that you do because they're kids and you're an adult and so you most definitely have different interests. So for that reason, you can have various activities and outings planned for everyone's benefit. So you'll have four specifically and you can plan these as often or as rarely as you need them to maintain balance and contentment in your family and your own life. So first, you will have activities that your kids really enjoy, that you take them to for their benefit, fully knowing that it's not going to be very fun for you, but this one isn't about you. Second, you'll have activities that you really enjoy that your kids don't enjoy as much, but it's important for them to experience different types of fun and learn that we can do things for other people's enjoyment, even if it's not our most favorite activity. Third, you'll have activities that are just for you and your spouse. And I can't stress enough the importance of learning what fun means to you as a couple. Before kids, Joe and I loved to binge shows together with takeout and fall asleep on the couch. And when the girls were babies, we got really into cooking together, saving money and learning new recipes. But now that the girls are older, we really like talking and swapping stories over a beer and a glass of wine after the girls go to bed and doing yard work together on the weekends. It doesn't mean that those other things aren't fun anymore. It just means that it's not what fun means to us right now. And we'd rather lean into what may seem lame and boring to other couples right now than try to force activities that could end up deterring us altogether from hanging out because they require more time, energy, or resources that we just do not have right now in this season of life. Does that make sense? Like, there is no wrong way to have fun, besides things that may harm yourself or others, obviously. But what I mean is, if you enjoy something, then it's fun. It's a good thing. It's a fun thing, and you deserve to do more of it. So the fourth and final type of fun that you can have is activities that are just for you be it a hobby, which we're going to dive into in a later episode, Um, all things mom hobbies and how to find hobbies and all the things. But maybe it's also extra self-care that you can do for yourself or time you can spend with friends, quiet time for you to relax and read alone, junk food and trash TV with no one asking for any or asking you to change the channel or judging you for what you're watching or eating. And for the record... Junk food and trash TV is simply a pleasure and not a guilty pleasure. I want to make that very clear. (laughs) Or maybe moving your body in a home workout, a hot mom walk, or at the gym to get some good old-fashioned serotonin and some endorphins pumping. It's completely up to you. And in this final category of fun, you have one rule. And it's this. Much like the third category, this must be full of activities that are low lift and easy for you to do. They cannot require too many steps, too much preparation, too much money, 
Because we all have no problem spending money on the kids and our husbands for some reason, but we seem to struggle immensely when it comes to spending money on ourselves. And it can't require too much energy. These need to be things that we look forward to and they need to feel like a respite from the rest of our day and our responsibilities. And if we require too much energy, too much time, any money, then it doesn't feel like a respite anymore. It feels like more work on our plates and we're going to not do it anymore. It's going to feel like too much work. It's going to feel like we are putting ourselves in front of the rest of our family's needs. It's going to feel, you know, you've been down the rabbit hole. And so we're going to make it easy on ourselves so that we continue to do it. Much like the last category, in order for us to keep making this time for ourselves, we need to make that time as easy and enjoyable as possible. As we know, wearing down narrow pathways in our brains toward healthy habits and activities, we need to give our brains that reward feeling of accomplishment and pleasure. So we need to execute the activity, actually enjoy it and feel positive about it, and then do it again and again and again and again until it becomes second nature to us. So for example, in my world, something that I do just for me is making bread. Now, while my family may hang around the kitchen on the outskirts, might I add, (laughs) from time to time, while I'm making the bread, for the most part, this is my time and no one is allowed to help me with it because this is my therapeutic hobby. I put on an audiobook or a podcast and I get to work and this is my time. I do not have to wait for anyone to go to bed or leave. If I did, then I would never have any of my time because I'm a homeschool stay-at-home mom with a husband that works over 40 hours a week. So I need my time to be easy to come by and low effort. And allowing them to come and go from the kitchen, checking in with me while they do their own thing, allows me to get some alone time, even if that looks and feels different than what alone time may look in a more traditional sense. So being flexible about how I come by these different categories of fun has totally shifted my perspective on doing enough and feeling content and fulfilled by the time that we're spending together. It may look or sound boring to other families, but it works for us, and that's really all that matters. And since it's easy, we're all more likely to enjoy it more, and then as a result, do those activities more without even thinking about it. Because that's the goal here for all of us, right? Like, we want fun to just happen. We want it to feel second nature. We don't want to have to plan it or or force it, or feel like we need all these bells and whistles to make it happen. We want it to just feel second nature. And that's what all of these processes were, are going to help us do. So in our next episode, which is the second episode in our Fun Mom series, I'm going to dive into all things mom hobbies. I did hint about it before, and it's coming up next. It's going to be a good one, so you do not want to miss it. Make sure that you subscribe to or follow the show so that you can be the first to know when the episode drops. And if you could also take a few minutes to review the show and let me, as well as the podcast platform algorithms that be, know what you think and that you like it so that they can tell more amazing moms like you about me, I would be so grateful. And speaking of more amazing moms like you, I bet you have a friend that is sitting on the fun after kids struggle bus just like we are. So make sure that you share this episode with her to simplify her idea of fun and help her get her fun mom groove back. Because as you know, sharing is caring. 
that is it for me this week. And until next time, I hope you're enjoying this season and all the fun it has to offer. We made it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Eat Your Seasons podcast. I am so thrilled and honored that you spent your precious time with me, and I can't wait to serve you more and more each week. Is this show speaking your language? Be sure to leave a review so more moms like you can find me and tune in every single week. If you'd like even more meal inspiration and seasonal living goodies, be sure to find me on Instagram at Ashton Cope, where I share it all. For all the freebies and referral codes from today's sponsors, you can head on over to ashtoncoatblog.com slash podcast. I will see you there.